everybody we are back Woo! it's been a it's been a while since we uh recorded a podcast but we and by we meaning myself owen and john hello we're back to the star wipe lounge yeah the last time that we recorded a podcast was a two-hour epic about the rise of skywalker yeah yeah my mom called me this morning saying she finally saw it oh what'd she think uh, I mean, she's a little kinder than we are, but she basically agreed with all of our points. Understandable. Um, but that's not what we're here to talk about. I have one question for you, John, and you listeners. Are you ready to toss a coin to your Witcher? Uh, yeah, definitely. 100%. <laughs> uh, so yes, this week we were talking about The Witcher, the Netflix series based on the books. The same Not books. the games, specifically. The same books, though, that the games are. Well, I remember the, in pre-production they made a point to say like, "This is on the books." This is on the books, not the games. Yeah, because for those of you not familiar with the source material, um, the books and the games, there's like a a moment in the books where the books like quote unquote end, and then the games the game starts and it continues yeah. from there. So the books and the games, while the games do pay homage to the books and the books are canon in the games, yeah. I don't know the. I don't know how to pronounce the guy's name. The guy who and, wrote it, Andrzej Kapowski, I think something like that. It's I know Polish. he doesn't. He's not a huge fan of the games because he kind of got. He kind of got the raw end of the deal. That was his own fault. That was his own fault because he didn't think the video games were going to be a, like that big of a thing. So he took like next to no money for the for the video game license to The Witcher. He's like, mm, this isn't going to be anything. Nobody cares. Just give me the fifty thousand dollars. Actually, I think it was only like ten grand. Either way, it was his like own that. fault. Um, but it's done. So I know that he is not the biggest fan of the game series. Although he, you would think that he, uh, and and from what I've heard, he he certainly has. But you would think that he's he's probably warmed to them a little bit because they've they've brought a lot of attention to his books. Like yeah. here's the thing: I know that I know that uh, his books are very popular in Poland. Yes. Um, and they're they're relatively popular in Europe, but before the games, had you heard of The no, Witcher? Not even close. Did you know anything about it? And like we aren't exactly like real deep into fantasy like novels or anything like this. Like I, I read them and everything, but I'm not like I'm not like one of those people who like who's can, read all of Wheel of Time. Like I ha I haven't read any of Wheel of Time, which I know is a pretty it's big sacrilegious problem. to it, not read Wheel of Time. I own the first three books. And the like prequel one or whatever that came out later. And I have every intention of reading them at some point, but it's just finding time because that's like 12 books or something like that. I think you're up to 13 now. It's some absurd amount of books and it's hard to get through that. But, um, well, but definitely the games, the, series, the games have certainly raised your attention. Yes. And, you know, I'm a person who played the games. I did not read the books. You're a, you're a much bigger fan of the games than I am. Um, Witcher, Witcher 3, 3 is, is like one of shit. my favorite games of all time. I think I, it's probably the best open world role-playing game. And there's a lot of people who would agree with you on that. And I, I definitely need to, I need to find time to sit down and play it because I own it. And I remember I, I tried to sit down and play it uh, one time and I played for like maybe, I think it was like an hour and I didn't really quite know what I was doing or like where I needed to go or where I should go next. And so I was just like mindlessly wandering and I ran into a like into like a wraith and just got completely annihilated and I was like, well, see that's strange. I remember the game having a really well-designed tutorial area to like explain the game. I'll to be you. honest, I also might have just gotten impatient and just started like skipping and like not really paying attention Maybe. to what people were saying. Um but as someone who only played the games, didn't read the books, um, the series, like I had enough baseline knowledge to not be totally lost. Um, friend of the podcast, uh, JD tried to watch the series and was like, 
I didn't pay attention for 10 minutes and then I lost track of everything that was going I on. I will say as, as somebody who didn't really get too, too much into the games and only has like a very passing knowledge of the books. Um, there were moments where they were like throwing out terms and throwing out names for places and people and stuff. And I was just like, I don't know what's happening. I don't know who they're talking about. I don't know what they're, I don't know what the hell is going on. Specifically in the first episode, I was just, there was just like so many like names and stuff thrown out there that in hindsight, like going back and rewatching the first episode. Now I'm like, okay, I'm a little bit more, I understand a little bit more who they're talking about. Like they talk about the queen of Sintra in the first episode and her winning her like first battle and everything. By the way, we're going to like, we're going to spoil it. It's been out for a month. If you want to see it, you've seen it. Um, and so like the first episode was really bad. Cause like, uh, what's her, what's her name? The, uh, the woman in the first episode who he winds up icing. Oh, I don't know. She has, it doesn't matter what her name is. Well, she's kind of like a big deal for his like arc. But uh well it was it was more thematic like her, this her specifics don't really matter not particularly it's just a matter of you know I I admire the uh, let's let's step back a little bit let's talk about the series like kind of overall overall so obviously it stars Henry Cavill which I got to I got to ask before the series came out we were getting all the images of of Henry Cavill Specifically that first little tease of Henry Cavill in the wig and everything like that. What were your feelings when you saw that? I was like, he looks the part. He looks the part. When they cast him initially, I was nervous because the only thing I've really seen him in is Superman and Justice League and whatnot. And uh, I remember reading some quote from him. I'm not sure if it's true or not. I didn't dig into it but i remember hearing reading some quote that was attributed to him that essentially said that he doesn't really care that much about like the craft of acting he's just really good looking people pay him to do it that doesn't sound like something that he would say again that's just <laughs> what I, I i had heard it it's i don't know if it's true i don't really care I'm giving. I'm, I'm going to give Henry the benefit of the doubt. I, that doesn't sound like. But I had say. also heard that he was a big fan of The Witcher as a series and wanted this part. Yeah, he's also like Henry Cavill's a big PC gamer as well, and I know that he played The Witcher games on PC, and he's he's a big fan of fantasy and stuff. He's a he's a World of Warcraft he's a player. D &D guy. He, uh, if I'm not mistaken, he almost missed his. I remember I read a story that it was like he almost missed his last audition for Superman because he was raiding with his WoW guild. Like that's, that's dedication. That's the kind of guy that, that Henry Cavill is in terms of like nerd like, culture. I'm the main tank. I can't just not raid this week. He would be a tank, I think. <laughs> he strikes me as someone who would who would be a warrior tank. So I was very optimistic about his, him playing Geralt because A, like seeing the production stills, like, okay, he looks the part. I was a little, I was a little nervous, specifically because of that first preview. Because the first preview was literally just like it was like a camera test, and he wasn't like fully in it or anything. It was basically just him in in the hair, and I was a little like, oh, I don't know how this looks. Like, I don't know how I feel about this. This looks a little ridiculous, guys. But then when I actually watched the series, I was a hundred percent on board for Henry Cavill. Yeah, he was perfect. Like was wonderful. And I agree with the author because the author did an interview after the series came out. And he said, Henry is Geralt. Like, that is that is definitively who it is. Yeah, so the, the, the series, the eight episodes, it's only eight episodes. Yes. Which I enjoy. I, I like shorter seasons. I've said this before. This is a time, though, when I wanted it to be longer. Any show that is 40 minutes plus in runtime. You want it to be 13 episodes. 13 episodes or, or less. I won't do more. It's too much fucking time. I can't do it. I could have done another eight episodes. And I would have been. 100 well, that's only six. On board. That's, that's sixteen. Okay, whatever. Yeah. Um, we'll get more. Don't you worry. They're already. They're already in pre. -pro, they're in pre pro. Yeah, twenty twenty one, bro. That's a long time to wait. And I know that like Westworld fans and Game of Thrones fans are like, bitch, please. Oh yeah, the the, <laughs> the poor Game of Thrones fans like myself. They had to wait. Who waited like a year and a half for the final season, and it was a total fucking piece of shit. Did you see the 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 tweet that went viral today? About that? Yes. 
that was like um, Game of Thrones has had a, a stranglehold on our culture for the last 10 years. But it just goes to show how bad the last season was that as soon as the last season was over, that cultural influence is just gone. It's gone completely. Yeah. Maybe a prequel series can revive it, but everyone has, has such a bad taste in the mouse from the end of that series. The but, only thing that I think Game of Thrones has really done is, and it, this relates to The Witcher, because so much of so much of the discourse on like Reddit around The Witcher was, oh, so this is what a good season of fantasy television looks like. We've forgotten. Yeah, they do really lean into the fantasy. So it's structured in a pretty interesting way so it's got three kind of perspectives yeah there's there's Geralt there's Yennefer and then there's series yeah so it's kind of intertwining the characters don't meet right away like in, I, th I don't think Yennefer and Geralt meet until episode three or they, four they I think they meet in episode five the genie episode I think the genie episode was episode three or four I watched it all in one, one block, go. so things kind of blur to me. Well, either way, there's a lot of... You get three perspectives, and the stories don't really intersect until certain points, and it takes a while. And Like Siri thing, and Geralt don't intersect until the, the, very, very, last the very last moment. And I admire it for that, because the plot... You know, if you're familiar, if you're a Game of, avid Game of, Game of Thrones watcher... You're used to, you know, a big overarching plot. All the all the stories are kind of getting to this moment of okay, here's all the main plot. These characters will meet eventually. But this show it followed the format of the sh or books of short stories. Yeah, where each episode was almost like its own self-contained exactly thing, which was cool. So, whichever episode it was where uh, Geralt and Yennefer finally meet. The very next episode, uh, which is probably my favorite one, I think that was episode six, where they're hunting the dragon on the yeah. mountain. And this guy's like trying to convince Geralt. He's like, oh, you're super famous. You should come join my dragon hunting team and we'll kick ass. And he's just awesome. like, I don't kill dragons. Like, I don't do that. And then Yennefer walks in with some other people. And he's, and he's like, just like, I'm, I'm in. in. <laughs> Hot damn. I'm, I'm down. They imply so much stuff in that episode. Like they imply that Geralt and Yennefer have met many, many times before this happened. So they have their initial meeting and then you get the sense that all this time has passed and that they've interacted with each other a lot. Yeah, because later, later on in that episode, because um, that episode is kind of when their relationship comes to a head. Yeah. Um, and later on in that episode, they're talking about like how every time that they, that they meet up, one of them will leave before the other one wakes up. Yeah. And she says like, well, you know, back at, at that, at the mansion during the genie episode, you left. you left. And then he says, yeah, but, and they mentioned some other off time and he's like, you left that time. Yeah. And so it is, it is implied without actually showing it. Yeah. It was a really interesting choice because if you wanted to, um, the main plot of the Witcher as a series involves, uh, Siri, the character, yeah, she's also known as Sorella, also known as Fiona. Yeah, she uses that as like a fake name. Her full name is like the Princess of Sintra. She's Sorella, the the Lion Cub of Sintra. Yeah, she's she's got like this crazy title because you know Polish, um, or just like fantasy stories. Well, yeah, that too. But Game of Thrones people, you know, if you can name off all the Daenerys uh, titles, please uh, tweet tweet it at me. Jesus. I don't think there's enough characters in a tweet. <laughs> yeah. So the, they could have, if they, if they wanted to just be like, okay, we need to get to this main plot as fast as we can. So like mid season is when Geralt and Siri are finally going to meet. And then we're going to get into sort of the main plot of the story. But instead they just decided we're going to do eight full episodes of world building and character building. Oh yeah. And that's all. And it then really is. we're not going to really have a main plot. And Yennefer kind of gets like the last couple episodes with Yennefer, you can start to see the beginning of the main plot, everything to do with, uh, what's that kingdom's name? Nilfgaard. Nilfgaard. Like, because the, the mages and everything start dealing with Nilfgaard in the last couple episodes. Um, and you can definitely tell that like, okay, season two, they're going to be, that's going to be the focus point. Yes. Because Nilfgaard is the one that kind of fucked series day. 
Yeah. And uh, so that's where it starts to pop up and then literally it just ends. Yeah. yeah. It'll be interesting to see, like, one thing for me as a person who played the games is, like, I know certain big events that happen, but I don't know how they get there. So if I'm going to start spoiling Witcher 3 now. Uh, the plot of The Witcher 3 is that Ciri, at, more as an, as an adult, has gone missing. Yeah, she's, it's years later, so she's grown up. Yeah, she's a, she's a full-on adult um, by the time of The Witcher 3. And she somehow... If, if maybe, maybe this doesn't happen in the books, it only happens in the games, but the Emperor of Nilfgaard is actually the one who like contracts you to go find her. Because... Well, they mentioned the the Emperor of Nilfgaard in the series. Yeah. And I know that he is definitely a character in the books. But But one thing is great about the about the way they structured the the show is that they each of the characters kind of gets their own like season long character arc that isn't that plot related. Like Geralt is his whole thing is finally accepting destiny. Yeah. Because destiny plays a big role in the story. And that all comes down to in episode four, they introduced this idea called the law of surprises, which is apparently is a real thing that existed in medieval Europe, uh, specifically in the Polish region. It was, um, it was called, it had a name that was something similar, but it was basically, basically the idea of the law of surprises. Is if you save someone's life, one of the things that they can, that you can take in payment for saving their life is, called the law of surprise and basically it's it's um uh effectively what it what it basically boils down to in the show is that you get the firstborn child well, or you get one of their children effectively is what happens in the show well that's what happens in the show they imply the, that you can get other things too it's basically like it's like the gift unknown yeah is what you're getting i think the idea was that it was like how it's explained in the episode where they introduce the concept is that because there's that like cursed knight guy who's going to marry uh series mother yes and this is where we we really start to figure out that hey these characters their stories the timelines are a little messed up because we see series parents before series even born even though series introduced in episode one. episode one yeah yeah another another interesting thing that they do in the in the in the series but the law of surprises that's shown in that is basically I saved your life and I'll get like the first thing that we happen to like see essentially is the way I remember it being described. I don't think that it's quite like that because because so the knight wound up getting the princess because he saved the king's life and the king didn't know that his wife was pregnant. Yeah. And so that's where the surprise comes in because it's the king was promising something that he didn't know. What okay, it was I actually yet. I looked it up. Okay, this is what it is. What it you is have it. the explanation. Um, is given to someone is given when someone will do anything to offer another person thanks. The person who is owed can then claim that which you possess but do not yet know. So in it could essentially case, be anything. Yeah. But it just so happens. But, but in the case, it, the king did not know that he was going to have a child. So the knight was basically bonded to Ciri's mother. And at the end of episode four, uh, Geralt just kind of like jokingly, because the knight is like, hey, how can what I can ever I, pay you for, repay, for yeah. you helping me like convince the Queen of Sintra that I should be with her daughter? And he just like... He just jokingly, like, you could tell he doesn't believe any of this bullshit, so he's just like, I'll just take what you took, I'll, I'll invoke the law of surprise, and everyone's just like, wait a second. And then, <laughs> and then the princess pukes, and it's like... Oh, she's pregnant. Oh, she's pregnant. And then Geralt just lets off one of his, one of his signature, fuck, and <laughs> just like walks away. Yeah, so that is how... Uh, so Geralt is, like, bonded to Ciri, yeah. and in the first episode... Not in no. like, not in like a creepy way. Like it doesn't always have to be like you're going to wind up with that person. No, 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 no. That's not what the law of surprises means. It's just that like your destiny is bonded to whatever. Yeah, and so Geralt is very opposed to it because he doesn't believe in destiny. He doesn't believe in it. But throughout the episodes, like come episode seven, he decides, like end of six, beginning of seven, he's kind of like, okay, I need to, I need to embrace this now. Yeah. 
because because Yennefer gets really pissed at him because like she finds out about the the law of surprise and she's like you basically abandoned her you just abandoned this child and he's just like fuck and so he's got it like he decides he's going to go to Sintra um and he's actually we actually find out that he was because in the first episode is it the first episode? It is the yeah. first episode. We see the sacking of, of Sintra, and we see Siri have to go on the run. And in episode seven, we find out that Geralt was actually at the sacking of Sintra. Yeah. And, like, was, like, two feet away from the Queen of Sintra when she threw herself out a window. Which was cool. Which was cool, yeah. That was a cool... Um, I, I love it when you see something from a different perspective, and then all the puzzle pieces kind of fit together. Yeah. Which it did really effectively. It did. So, but, so like, if we were, like, to try to figure out the timelines, I guess Geralt's story starts a couple of decades before yeah. the, the end of the series. Well, in, in Witcher lore, I'm fairly certain that Witchers don't, like, age like regular people do. No, and he, he mentions that. He's like, yeah, we, we basically stay the same age for our entire until lives. We get until killed. we get killed. Because, yeah, Witchers... Witchers don't die of old age. They just get killed. Yeah, they just die witchers don't retire he even says that to yaskir at one point he's like witchers don't retire we don't stop we just die like that's how we retire that's our retirement plan um and uh it's gonna be everyone's retirement plan in the next 50 years because oh, topical oh shit, shit. <laughs> um climate change is gonna kill us all anyways uh so because the first episode he he gets into a fight in this town called blaviken and then in the second episode and this is where you're kind of like, wait, is timeline, are timelines weird? Because in the second episode, they, they're calling him the Butcher of Blaviken. Yeah. And you're like, man, news traveled fast. But then you find out that it had been like a decade since Blaviken. Yeah. And so it was like, wow. All right. So Geralt starts way before everybody else. And then he gets that, that bard, that bardic PR team. Yes, gear, bro. Yes, gear. I remember seeing the trailers. And seeing Yaskier the Bard and thinking, oh man, this guy's going to be annoying and he's, I'm not going to like him. Turns out he was awesome. Uh, in, the, in the books and the games, he is uh, that, that same character has a different name. It's Dandelion. Yes. Um, because Yaskier in Polish, when you translate it to English, means uh, like wildflower. And so the translation team on the books when they were being translated in the 90s were just like, Dandelion, sure. Sure, why not? That's what we'll call him. Um, but Yaskier is the more accurate name for the character. Um, so they are the same character, if you're wondering. But yeah, I was expecting, you know, if you're at all familiar with fantasy stories, if you played Dungeons and Dragons before, you know the kind of bard character the, the archetype. Bar, yeah, the bard stereotype is a very... Uh, Depends on how they're played or portrayed, obviously. So I've, I've recently been getting more and more in, into Dungeons and & Dragons and, and doing the DM thing, and I told my new, my new group, if you guys play a bard, I don't want you to play a stereotypical bard. You aren't going to be horny as fuck, and you aren't going to be super annoying. Like, you need, to be, you need to do something different. And that's just because I'm really sick and tired of seeing that stereotypical bard but character. But somehow he played the stereotypical bard character, but he was written so well and portrayed, and like his, his performance was so good. Yeah, and I think that really comes down to the, to the actor who did a great job actually making us like this character who has so many unlikable traits. Yeah. Well, and as his interactions with Gerald are so perfect... Yeah, they have because great such chemistry. Opposite ends of the spectrum, and there's the in the genie episode or the gin episode, um, when they first like get together, he's he keeps trying to say like, "Oh, I don't care about you," like just fuck off or whatever. And yeah. then Yaskier gets in mortal peril, and then he works really, really hard to save his life. Yeah, they're kind of like at at the end of the episode where he meets Yaskier, they're kind of both in mortal peril. Yeah, and. uh he like they're they're both being threatened by some elves. They're tied up, and like the elves are gonna ice both of them. And like Geralt is sitting there, and he's pointing out like I'm technically not a human, like because they hate humans and they want to kill humans. But he's like, but if you're gonna kill one, like let him go, kill me. And yeah, he's just like, oh shit, this dude's dude's the real the real deal. Well, and the 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 thing is, he he offers Geralt this deal, being like. I'll come with you and then I'll get great material for my songs and then I'll make you like famous and likable. Yeah, because he is, because at this point in time, Geralt is hated 
because of the whole butcher blaviken yeah. thing. And then, then he's like, I'll get you a sweet new nickname, like the White Wolf or something. And that winds up, like, by the end of the series, like, that's what people are calling him. Yeah. When he runs into this old man at, at the beginning of episode eight, the old man calls him the White Wolf. Yeah. And so it's like, oh, his bardic PR team is doing, doing really work. well. They're doing work. Um, but Yaskier, I think, I think Yaskier's best episode is probably also my favorite episode in the entire episode or the entire series so far. And that was episode four the, where they, they the go banquet to the, episode. they go to the banquet just because, uh, fucking Geralt is solid gold in that episode. And he's there entirely because of Yaskier. He's, yeah. he's there to, to, to be his bodyguard, to protect the, it, the line that he says is, uh, cause the queen asks him like, what are you doing at the banquet? And he's like, oh, I'm here to protect that bard from Royal cuckolds. <laughs> uh, yeah. He's so literal. And the queen of century, like keeps trying to get him to like join her. She's like, like, like be in her army or like, yeah. she wants him when the cursed knight shows up, she's like, kill him now. And he's like, fuck you. I don't do, I don't like, do I'm not doing that. I'm not one of your subjects. Yeah. <laughs> Like he's not doing anything. He's not hurting anybody. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna kill him. He's not a monster. He's just a cursed dude. Then he saves him. Yeah, he winds up saving him. He fights the queen. Yeah, yeah. In probably one of the coolest, which this series has some amazing action. Yes. Like the choreography of the fight scenes and everything is just, it's 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 showy, but at the same time very visceral and brutal. That's exactly what I would say to describe it. Like in like episode it's, one. It's not like they aren't like swinging swords around unnecessarily. It's stuff. not prequel Star Wars. It, it's very like purposeful in all of their movements, but it's still like you still look at it and you're still kind of going, ooh, that was cool. Yeah, it's there, there's a fine line with fight choreography because you got to like make it look good, but you also have to make it look like they're legitimately trying to kill each other. Yeah. And they pulled that off effectively, especially in the first episode. The the final scene in Blaviken where, where he wastes all those dudes and then he fights, that, he fights that lady. Yeah, that, that was, was awesome. That was amazing. When he he stabs a dude through the face and then he like leverages the sword up through his skull to get it out. I'm just like, ooh, ah. We did, we we only saw a side profile, so we didn't see it actually like come out of the dude's head. But just the sound of it, and I think that like that's another thing that really aided the fight sequences is the sound design was just amazing because you'd hear bones crack and you'd hear flesh get torn and it was very visceral, very brutal. I loved it. Uh, let's talk about Yennefer for a bit. Uh, Yennefer, who uh, probably had the largest changes from the books out of anybody because in the books, at no point was her origin like covered. Like her like schooling and everything, didn't see that. Well, they... Make it a point in the games, and, I, and I'm sure this comes up in the books as well, to show that the way she looks is not real. Yeah. Um, I think this is a change that they made in the series because I, I remember in the, in the games it was described that she looks that way because she's just like, there's magic, like I magic myself to look this way. But in the show, it's very much like a weird ceremony where they do like a permanent, like, like her bones like rearrange and shit. And they take out her womb. Yeah, that's the price. The price to, for her beauty. And just on paper, her character would be really, really easy to wind up in being really flat and one-dimensional with a lot of traditional like misogynistic tropes. Yeah. They somehow made a character who's baby crazy and not make it seem weird yeah i was i was a little surprised because so her entire arc during this season is she's trying to get back her ability to have a child yeah which is something that as soon as i saw that that's what her whole arc was going to be i was sitting there and i was like dude it, there's going to be a million think pieces written about this and like talking about how like, Oh, of course like the woman, like her biggest strategy is she can't have kids. And blah, 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 blah. I haven't seen anything. I haven't seen anything like that. Either. I haven't seen any, any posts on Twitter or anything. People outraged talking about, Oh, of course the only thing that Jennifer wants is to have babies. Cause that's all the media thinks women should be like how after, um, age of Ultron, 
people were people were pissed because Black Widow was like, oh, I'm a monster too because I can't, or whatever. Even though that's not what she was actually not saying, saying, but that's how people interpreted it. Um, but I didn't see any of that. And I think that that really comes down to the fact that Yennefer as a character is so much more than her motivations. Yeah, I mean, when you write a really rich, complex character, I think it, hel- it you can avoid that. And in fact, I think at least half the episodes, if not five or six, were written by women. Yeah, and the the, the, the showrunner show is a woman. Lauren Schmidt is she she knows her shit and uh, she's on it. I can't exactly put my finger on the specific ways they did it. It's kind of baffling to me. I mean, obviously her performance was really really good, and early Anya on, Anya Char, 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 Charlotta Shalotra Shalotra. Name I can't say. It's probably right. I mean, she she's not a big deal yet. She probably will be after this. Oh yeah, because she did an amazing job. Um, but they, I think there's a line somewhere where she where she says, "I want everything." Yeah, because early on she's really motivated by becoming powerful, because it shows her and she has like some kind of deformity. She's like a hunchback, and she's got like a fucked up face and. Um, and her father literally sold her for less than he would a pig. Like four pence as opposed to the pig being like six or six or something like that. And her like mentor keeps calling her like piggy all the time. Piglet. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Which is fucked up. Really fucked up. Um, Yeah. Even though it's, it's revealed that her mentor was like, oh yeah, no, I knew that you were going to be like the one the whole time. I was just being a dick to push you yeah it's like wow okay that's a that's a classic and trope. her entire motivation early on is to just become powerful and then when she has that she realizes it's kind of empty yeah because there's more to life than being an all-powerful there's mage. a there's a cool sequence where she's escorting this like queen with her newborn baby and this assassin this like magical assassin shows up to try and kill them and she keeps like Escape, they keep narrowly escaping, but the, they keep being tracked. There are some like magical means they're being tracked. And Yennefer's basically like, well, I can't, I can't do this, so I'm leaving. And yeah, because the, the, assassin, the assassin was sent by the king because the queen keeps giving him daughters. Yeah. A very like, you know, King George thing to do. Yeah. Um, and so, and like part of the way through the chase, Yennefer figures that out and she's like, I can't save you. He doesn't want me. And so, like, uh, she pieces out, leaves this, leaves this queen in, in the desert with this assassin, and the queen literally is like, spare me, kill the, the baby. baby. Like, just let me just disappear. And then the assassin kills, kills the queen, and then Yennefer shows up. To try and save the to baby. To try to save the baby. Which she fails. She fails, yeah. And, and she has... there's a great, like, sequence where she's on the beach and she, like, is holding this, like, this dead baby. Yeah, and she's, or she's, like, sitting next to it or something like that. Um, and she's, like, talking to the the very, very dead baby. Yeah. Which they show multiple times. Yeah. I was like, I expected you guys to have some restraint and just not show the baby. But just be like, oh, yeah, no, the baby's totally dead. But, like, no, they, like, get, like... She's talking to it, and it and it'll like show an insert of the dead baby. Yeah, and, and she's basically like, oh, saying to it, like it might be better that you died because you don't have to deal with all this, all this bullshit, all this horribleness in yeah. life. And she's like, "You'll work really hard and do all these things, and then it won't be enough." Really good, really good scene. Yeah, really good moment. And then she buries the baby on the beach and goes off on her merry way. Not really merry, but well. Well, that's the moment where I think that's the moment she decides that having a child is what she wants. Probably. Although it's inferred that she was just like, because from her graduation ceremony where she gets assigned to work for this king until she like kind of breaks off that engagement, it's sort of implied that she just wasn't happy during that either. Um, no, she's never happy. Yeah, it's no. like her thing. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's just Yennefer as a character is just not happy. Even in the moment in episode six where she's chilling with Geralt where you kind of see the beginning of her happiness. Even then you still get this twinge of like, she's not really that happy though. Well, let's talk about the genie thing. 
So in episode, I think it's episode three. Maybe it's episode four. Either way, just watch the episodes if you want to get more specific. But Geralt is looking for, well, it's called a, they call it a djinn. It's a functions, it's functionally the same as a genie. Uh, he's, but he's fishing for one in this lake because he's tired and wants to go to sleep. Yeah. Because uh, <laughs> apparently he can't sleep. That he literally cannot sleep. So he wants to find a genie so he can wish to get some sleep, which that is risky as fuck. Because oh, genie wishes always backfire on you. Yeah. You're like, genie, what do, what do you wish for? I wish to go to sleep. And then you're never waking up. But that's beside the point. Um, so I guess in this world, when you open up, when you find the genie, it attaches itself to somebody. And then that person has three wishes until they use all three wishes. And then the, the genie goes on his merry way. And, and if, the genie is obviously not happy about this because it's attached to this person. Until yeah, it's gone. and so it, it wants to be done. And so, like when when Geralt does manage to pull up the lamp, it breaks. Uh, yes, Gear grabs it, and like they kind of tussle over it a little bit, and then it breaks. And so we're led to believe that it's bonded to Yaskir. Yeah, and so then he go, and then Geralt goes because he no, because Geralt wished that he would shut up. Yeah, but they thought that, like, because Yaskir also wished that he was, like, the best singer in the land or something like that. And so, like, suddenly Yaskir's voice, like, gets And he starts, like, coughing up blood fucked. and stuff. And he's, Which like, is because dying. of Geralt's wish to yeah. shut up. And so he goes off to try and find a cure. And, of course, he finds Yennefer. And Yennefer realizes that, like, oh, this is this because is, of this. This is a gin. Because of gin. So she concocts this plan to, like, cast the, to capture them and use the wish so that she can have kids again. Um, and she thinks Yaskir has it too, but it's actually Geralt, and he very hilariously makes a guard's head explode via yeah. a wish. <laughs> because, he, because he's like in prison. And, and the like guard this, is like beating him up. This guard is coming in and is like, I'm going to fuck your shit up. Like, I'm just going to ruin you. And he's just like, God, I wish your head would explode. And then it does. And then, it, and then just like, boom, the dude's head just explodes. And then he like, he realizes like, oh shit, I'm the one with the, with the wishes. With the wishes. And he's got one wish left. The last wish. The Which is a the, title of one of the books. It's the first of the books, I believe. Yeah. Um, or is that what the collection of short stories is called? That might be the collection of short stories. Anyway, he ends up using his final wish to save Yennefer's life. And thusly, they are kind of bonded together. Well, they never they never say what what his last wish was, but uh, in episode six, which is the next episode because this was episode five, I actually looked it up. Okay. Um, he, at the end of the episode, the the bronze dragon or the gold dragon was it a gold dragon? It's a gold dragon. It's a gold dragon. Um, points out that uh, that whatever his last wish was bonded them together, and Yennefer kind of takes that as, "Oh, did you wish that we would." be bonded like yeah. although again we never know what the last wish was um i'm of the i'm of the viewpoint that i think that he wished for her to have her womb so that she got her her way and so i think that she's running around trying to get this thing that she already has could be um there's actually if you read the book and you know the answer don't tweet it at me just <laughs> Let me let me be ignorant until next season, please. There is a side quest or until in I read Witcher Three, where you and Yennefer, or Gelt and Yennefer, track down another djinn for the sole purpose of like unbonding them, because they end up like you know being like ha they have this relationship, and Yennefer basically says in the game that. We'll never know if our relationship is real or not because it's has this like magical thing attached to it. So in the game, you track down a djinn and you do this whole thing and you get to choose whether or not to actually do it or not. And in my playthrough, I did. And you basically get to decide if Geralt still wants to be with her even after that, which is pretty cool. Yeah, and I believe like in my in my head, even without magic, those two would probably wind up together. Like it just works. Yeah. Um but I definitely need to play through The Witcher 3. Um the other two Witchers, you can take them or leave them. Uh Witcher 1, like gameplay-wise is kind of ass. Yeah. 
Um, Witcher no 2, offense, CD Projekt Red. You guys do good work, but... Witcher 2 is good. It's uh, really hard. It's really, really hard. Yeah, I've people have told me, like, if you're going to get into the Witcher games, read the Wikipedia entry for Witcher 1. Play Witcher 2. Play Witcher 2, but on the easiest difficulty just to get it through it, and then enjoy Witcher 3. Yeah, Witcher 2 on regular difficulty, I died like seven times in the tutorial. That's some shit. Yeah. I remember I launched <laughs> I launched The Witcher 2 one time. This was before The Witcher 3 came out. I launched it because I had it on Steam. And I remember like I played for 10 minutes and I was sitting there and I was like, first of all, one, I don't know what the fuck is going on. Two, why am I dying? And three, <laughs> like... At the at that time, I had literally no motivation to play the series. I just I got it on Steam for I think like five bucks. So I was like, all right, like I'll check this out. And so like ten minutes into it, I was just like, fuck this, man. <laughs> well, yeah, it was kind of cool. Like, I'm not the kind of person to play overtly hard games. This for shouldn't the sake be of a this shouldn't hard. be a series or book spoiler because it happens in the games. Um, after Geralt like fixes the curse on uh Tamaria like uh, and meets uh, King Foltest him and Foltest become bros yeah and the Witcher 2's subtitle is called Assassin of Kings and that's who gets murdered yeah that's who gets murdered and everyone blames Geralt for it so he has to go prove his innocence yeah and i feel like if you if you played the games you're going to have definitely a step up on the series so, like, you'll know stuff, like, you'll know that Siri becomes a witcher. Yes. Like, you'll you'll just know that because it's kind of basically the plot of the third game. Um, isn't, don't you play as Siri at one point in the third yeah, game? Yeah, in Witcher 3, at several points, you play as Siri. Yeah, doing her witcher thing. Um, this might be a, a book slash series spoiler. Um, they implied a bunch, so I don't think it's too big of a spoiler, but be warned, if you don't want to hear this, skip ahead like 30 seconds. Um, Siri has powers, obviously. And you see it in the series. You see it in the series, but she has like... She does her whole like black Serious powers thing. because she is has some kind of like blood of the ancients in her, and um, that's why everyone is so interested in capturing her, is because she has Yeah, because she's kind of a big deal, which... It sort of in in a few ways feels like a a little bit of a retread of Yennefer's thing because Yennefer is also special because she's like part elf. Yeah, but um, just goes to show you all you D and D players if you choose half elf, that's another like way she's you can play that character. Elf. So if you're a half elf, you're even more so. Yeah. So like that's a way that you can play your character other than just being oh I'm a freak, like exile from society you could also be like i'm super special because i'm i'm half elf babe that is one thing like too many archetypes in, in fantasy lore which is you know one thing that i think this show does a good job of it's its own it's its own thing yeah like it it, it would be very easy to adapt um stuff from the witcher to like a DD campaign yeah um because it is like compared to compared to something like game of thrones this is this is much higher fantasy yes because like in game of thrones like there's dragons and that's really there's dragons there's hints of magic but it's not really like and there's there are things that you look at it and you're like okay that would be a dryad in any other or like you look at it and you're like okay the white walkers like those are ghouls in any other whites they're white they specifically called them whites in yeah the, in the series like there's like there's there's analogs but like the witcher is is closer to high fantasy like high fantasy would be like lord of the rings like that yes. is that is high high fantasy this is sort of like i guess mid fantasy yeah, it's got elves and it's got dwarves i don't think you see dwarves no you see dwarves you see dwarves in episode yeah. six so it's got the, it's got elves and dwarves it's got magic it's got dragons um witchers themselves are definitely actually witchers themselves aren't necessarily a fantasy specific they, because they're born of mutations yeah they're almost like x-men but they they <laughs> fall into they fall into sort of the same trope as the dunadine in lord of the rings where it's like this is a this is an offshoot of humanity because the the dunadine in uh 
in the Lord of the Rings, that's that's what Aragorn is. Like he's that's why like at one point in the extended edition of the Two Towers, uh, there's that funny scene between him and uh, what's her face, the Rohan chick. I'm spacing on her name right Eowyn? now. Eowyn. Eowyn. There's there's a scene where where he's he's talking with Eowyn and she's trying to guess his age because she heard from her uncle that Aragorn had rode with like her grandfather and she's like but surely that would make you like like 50 and he <laughs> and he's just like higher and she's like 60 mm. and he's like surely you can't be any older than 70 and he's like I'm 86 <laughs> like like that's that's but witchers fall into that same trope of being like this this they're human but not really yeah like they're human plus yeah also i mean if if you're not at all familiar with the witcher at all let's i just want to take a brief second to say just kind of how like badass and cool like the whole concept is like the, the the only reason this whole series exists is because the concept of a witcher is badass and cool yeah because a witcher is basically a a magically enhanced monster hunter monster hunter fucking badass like at some point somebody at some point in your life came up to you and was like, do you want to be a monster hunter? And you went, yes, trained for the rest of your life. And then you underwent some sort of like ritual that gave you the ability to like the marks and yeah, all well, the, stuff. The, uh, the, from what I understand based on the lore and you can witch her out the signs are called signs. Yeah, so signs, they're basically marks. like a, like really specific, like like magic light it's low level magic like at one point like Geralt tries to do a do a sign and then Yennefer is like what's that like weak ass magic this is real magic yeah because there's because there's mages who are people who have like a particular affinity for magic and they're like trained to do magic and that's what they do yeah and then there's people like the witcher who use signs that's like it's effectively like in Dungeons and Dragons terms, signs would be cantrips. Like if I was to create a Witcher class, they would their only magical spells would be cantrips. Makes basically. sense. In the in the games, you get access to I think there's like five four, of them, four, and five. they use all but one in the series. So there's the sign that kind of messes with people's heads. He tries to use that at one point. If he uses that against Yennefer at one point. Yeah. And she's like, fuck you. I know what this is. Like, what the fuck? Uh, there's the one he uses the most, which is like a kind of a blast from his hand. It's basically force push. Basically force push. It's like a real low level force push because um, it just like knocks people. There's another one that basically sets a barrier. Yeah. He uses that in episode three. Against the the, uh, the weird the cursed princess. Cursed princess, yeah. There's a lot of, which that sequence a lot of cursed princesses was in this series. fucking dope. Yeah. There's actually a cinema. I believe at the beginning of the first game, there's a cinematic of that scene from the show and the book, because that is one of the more important events in his like life. Yeah, is when he saves the cursed princess. And then the other ones of like he can you can he can start a little fire with his hands. I don't think he ever uses that in the series. No, as of yet. Um, Yennefer and then the potions thing. Yeah, the potions thing. The Yennefer, potions thing they don't really explain in the in the book in the series so far. Yeah, no. What is like so? It, how Witcher potions work? Doesn't it like kind of like soup them up for like a, it soups a them up of time with various effects, and but it like, also it's toxic. Yeah. So if a regular human tried to drink a Witcher potion, they would die. But because they're badass witchers, they can drink the potions. And in the series, you see like his eyes get all red or, or black. And he's got like the black veins in his face. Yeah, pale, super pale skin. The very first time that you see Geralt, he's he's witchered out. That's because fighting that bog thing. You drink the potion and it like starts to poison you, but it gives these awesome effects. Um, in the games, one of the things you have to manage is, you know, you can drink potions all day, but if you get up to a certain toxicity level, your health starts to go like and you die. Yeah. Because it does eventually affect Witchers. Yes. It just takes a lot longer. Yeah, and that was a cool little detail. I'm, I'm. They didn't show bombs at all. It's another thing that the Witchers used in the games. At least they have like these bombs they concoct and they like blow shit up with them. They're very alchemical. Yeah. In their in their nature, they're Witchers, just cool, and they've got the two swords, and the two swords are cool. Yeah, Witchers use whatever whatever tools are at their disposal. Because yeah, he he points out that he's got 
at least in the games, they point out that he's got a regular sword for people and then a silver sword for monsters. Even though I'd like to point out that a silver sword would also work on a person. Like, you don't need to have two of these. <laughs> but walking around with two swords is cool. It is cool. That's the whole point. Um, this is being fucking cool. I like all the memes about uh, about the Witcher sword in the series. How it's got that medallion on it that when it's upside down, it looks like a smiley face. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like Geralt frowning. Geralt's sword. Yeah. <laughs> so you brought up you brought up episode three, and there's a, there's a character introduced in episode three that was when the series was uh, before it came out was a a, a bit of a controversy. So yeah, character. yeah. And that is the character of Triss Marigold. Yeah. Um. So if you aren't familiar with Triss outside of the outside of the series, she does not look like she does in the series. I mean, I was a little taken aback like, when they first introduced her because, you know, he runs into her and then he's like, oh, I'm girl. And she's like, oh, I'm Triss Marigold. I'm like, oh, that's supposed to be Triss? Yeah, because in the game, she's like super pale and super like fiery red hair. Yeah. Like in, in this one, she's played by, shit, I had her name and now I'm spacing she's on She's in it. Harry Potter. She's on Harry, she's in Harry Potter and she's, she does a fantastic job in the series. What the hell? Yeah, I have no issue with that. I could see why some people would be like, uh, meh, meh, meh. But, uh, Anna Schaefer. I don't really care. She was fine. She yeah. was good. If you're that big of a stickler to source material, then I'm sorry. I don't know. I, Everyone I, else was like spot on in terms of like their look and their personality. Yeah. So, like, one tiny little change to someone's appearance doesn't bother me and again i'm not a big witcher fan so like my connection to tris and the games and the books and stuff isn't like to me that's tris because i don't really know i've seen like images and stuff of what she looks like in the games and i'm just kind of like oh okay well they changed her look whoop-de-doo all the cosplayers out there there's so there's so many tris marigold cosplayers I there's so there's some really good meg turney tris cosplay i did see that I know exactly which one you're talking about. <laughs> you're a dirty dog. Thirsty motherfuckers over <laughs> here. Uh, is there anything else you want to talk about as regards to The Witcher? Um, we need more of it. The series ends on such like a hard, like yeah, hard the, cliffhanger. The season finale is very much like, as we mentioned before, there's not a lot of overarching, overarching plot. Like there's little seeds here or there, like setting up um, what's going to be a bigger deal. Yeah, yeah. You get a sense that there's going to be a larger plot, but it doesn't really delve into it, except for the fi the season finale is like, okay, we're getting into the plot now. Geralt's looking, is specifically looking for Ciri. Ciri's looking for Geralt. Yennefer's like in the Mage's Guild doing all this stuff against Nilfgaard. Like plot is happening now. And then, and then it, it ends, ends with, you know, the entire season, one of the, Things you hear at the end of episode one is Siri's mom saying, "Find Geralt. That is your job." Yeah, find, find Geralt him. of Rivia. Um, and so it happens; they find each other, and then it ends, and you're like, "Damn it!" Yeah, because more. and like it ends in such a way because because Siri the night before had seemingly the same dream as Geralt. Yeah, where they saw that Yennefer was in danger in danger from Nilfgaard, and it ends with Siri just going, "Who's Yennefer?" And then it's just over. And you're just like, I want more. Just, just give it to me now. I need, I need more of this show. And I know that like critics for some reason weren't as jazzed on this show as, as viewers seem to be, but I need more of it. Like that was, that was amazing. We're getting more. We're getting more. 21, 2021. There was, there was a great little video I saw from Henry Cavill that was saying, hey, Witcher fans, thanks for watching. We had such a good time making it. We're, I'm actually heading to a pre-production meeting right now. Thank you again. More yeah, we're, we're, we're doing it. We're doing we, it. Yeah. It's great. It's like, yeah, it's going to be good. And it definitely, it, I, already, I already liked Henry Cavill for the most part. Like He seemed like a chill enough dude. The roles that I'd seen him in, I'd enjoyed him in. But this made me, like, this made me a Henry Cavill fan. I was like, okay. Yeah, maybe I'm a Henry Cavill fan too. I'm on board. And especially like the way that he just embodied the character he owned the so character. perfectly. And he gave he gave television the best catchphrase. 
Ever. <laughs> More of a catch word. <laughs> Just the way that he delivers the line. Mm. Fuck. Is so perfect. Yeah, I sent you this thing. It was Big like a, it was a, a three-panel meme that was just the series encapsulated which was just him looking off in the distance saying hmm. another one of him looking off in the distance him turning away saying fuck fuck <laughs> that is basically his journey through the whole season in three panels in three panels is is very it is very good television if you've got about eight hours to blow sit down and watch it if you haven't already if you're even though we we've done a lot to spoil it here if you're if you're looking for an analog to game of thrones you need to look somewhere else this is not the game of thrones story because game of thrones is all about political machinations it's about families it's about um betrayal and backstabbing and all these things if you just want cool fantasy shit yeah then yes witcher all day tonally the witcher is fairly close to Game of Thrones. So if you like the tone of Game of Thrones, the sort of like very mature, very serious fantasy, then The Witcher is a good place to go. But the plot, nothing similar. If you were like, if you watched Game of Thrones and you were like, you know, I like this, but I really wish that it was this but my D&D campaign, (laughs) then The Witcher is what you're looking for. Um, I I definitely do think that this is a series that people who who watch who play D&D should get into. Oh, I, th- I think anyone who plays D&D who likes television has already seen this. It's probably already seen it. <laughs> but if you, if you even just in passing are a D&D fan, then The Witcher is kind of your adult fantasy to go to, I think. It works On television well. right now, for sure. And it is, it is light years better than The Hexer. So if you saw The Hexer, which was... Uh, in the early, it was either early 2000s or late 90s, they tried to adapt The Witcher in Poland and they did like, they did, I think it was like one or two seasons of a show and then they cut it down into a movie and we got a subtitled version of it and it was called The Hexer. If you've seen that, this is significantly better. Same, same storylines, same shit happens, way better. So don't let that discourage you if you've seen The Hexer. (laughs) And if you have seen the Hexer and you didn't realize that it's the same thing, it's the same thing. I'm sorry to inform you. The Hexer. It's the same thing. Yeah, I mean, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I'm, I think I'm more, much more familiar with the source material than the average viewer, but I'm definitely not like as familiar with the source material as somebody who's read all the books. So I'm probably somewhere in the middle. Definitely more than the average viewer. Not as not anywhere near as much as I could know. Loved it. People I know who are have no familiar familiarity with the source material also really liked it. Yeah, like Ellie really liked it. She hadn't really heard of The Witcher before. It's just a good time. Um, Emma liked it. She hadn't really seen The Witcher before. Um, my, I was nervous my, for this show. Like when it first came out, I'm like, just please don't be bad. I don't want you to yeah. be bad. I want The Witcher as a series. I remember thinking way back, this would make an amazing TV series. And I think they pulled it off. This really, after I finished watching this, I, w- I thought to myself, you know, this is what, like, this is sort of the same, like, production level and the same tone and everything that I would like to see from a Drist Orden series. Like, if they adapted all of the, like, Underdark and Icewind Dale and all that sort of stuff into a series, The Witcher is how I would want it to look. So, you know, Wizards of the Coast... Whoever holds all the rights to Drist, it should be Wizards of the Coast, Ari Salvatore, all that sort of stuff. Maybe maybe do a Drist series. Also, after watching The Witcher, and I've also been starting to watch The Expanse, which is really good if you haven't seen it. Yeah, it's good. Um, just makes me want a Mass Effect TV series so much more. The Expanse, the Expanse was described to me, before I started watching it, was described to me as if Firefly had a sequel series, it would probably be The Expanse. Yeah, there's there's definitely shades of Firefly. I've also seen, I've heard it described to me as if Firefly and Battlestar Galactica kind of melded together, which I think is pretty accurate. Yeah, Mass Effect needs a series. That that is that is some shit. 
It's one of the coolest. It's my second favorite science fiction universe. It might be my favorite, actually. That is probably my favorite science fiction universe. Like, because for a while it was Star Wars. I like the Star Wars universe. Don't get me wrong, and like I, I love it. But like, there's something about Mass Effect that I'm just, I'm just 100 percent on board. Although none of them hold a candle to Babylon Five. Um, <laughs> had to throw that in there. I had to throw it in there. So, uh, I had a thought, and I'm kind of spacing on it. Never mind. So, Owen, overall, what's what's your like your like your like Cliff Notes review? I know we usually start our episodes with with that. Cliff but Notes let's review. Um, I'll do I'll do my ones. I'll do one tiny snippet review of The yeah. Witcher. They pulled it off. Well, period. I would just say go watch it. Like you have a Netflix account. Or you have access to someone's Netflix account, <laughs> as is the case with me. Uh, you have no reason to not watch it. It is, it's fantastic fantasy. Um, and if you can get through the first episode, which is very, does have some moments of very exposition The show is heavy, dense. It is a very dense show. I think the first episode is by far the densest because it's got the most ground to cover. If you can get through the first episode, it gets significantly, significantly better after that. Not that the first episode is bad. The first episode is really good. But it just gets easier to watch. We'll put it that way. Episode six is my favorite. Episode four is probably my favorite, The Banquet. Mine is the, is the Dragon Hunt episode. I do like the Dragon Hunt episode. That one was fabulous. That one's really good. Episode three, I believe. It's episode three, which is where he, does the, he yeah. breaks the curse. That one's up there. It's cool because, like, like I was saying before, at the top, so many of these episodes are their own self-contained storyline. Which makes sense because it's based off of a collection of short stories. Exactly. So, you know, you get a lot of really cool moments and Henry Cavill owns the character and all the supporting roles are, are really great. I thought the person who played Yennefer was fabulous. She nailed the. If she had the look, like the look of her was on point. Despite the fact that she could have fallen into a lot of like two dimensional or one dimensional misogynistic tropes, yeah, it wasn't there. She was nuanced, in depth, awesome character, and she's just badass. Yeah, like it could have been real easy for her to become after she meets Geralt. It could have been real easy for her to become sort of the damsel in distress. But she doesn't. Like she literally saves him once. Yeah, and literally the next episode when they're like dealing with the dragon shit, you see her fighting alongside him, and she's more than holding her own. Yeah, she's badass mage. Yeah. Well, and and even with a sword, like she's doing a fantastic job there too. So, but it's it overall, it's a fantastic series. I highly recommend you check it out. Uh, and uh, I just need more yes i need it uh so good on you netflix thanks for thanks for giving lauren schmidt's crazy idea to do this uh a go so anyways guys and gals have you seen the witcher and if so what did you think about it uh how does how does the world of the witcher to you rank compared to other fantasy worlds in terms of like ones that you would like to live in the most. Oh, I don't want to live there. Oh, I, I'd live in the world of the Witcher. Dude, you just get, I'm just go down the street and get murdered by a weird swamp spider monster. I feel like that happens in all fantasy worlds, though. <laughs> like, when you really stop and think about it, I feel like all Dude, the Dude, I want to live in the risks. fucking Shire. What are you talking about? Okay, I'm with, I'm like, <laughs> let's be real, I would choose Middle Earth because being a hobbit sounds fantastic. I want to live in the Shire. That sounds wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> just, just smoke, just smoke weed every day and just, <laughs> Fucking and just eat, and dance shit. around a pole, and Sounds that's your great. that's your whole life. What do um, what do hobbits do for like? Is there an economy in the Shire? I, mean, I, like, think, they, I think it's I think it's agrarian. I feel like farm. this is something that I need to sit down with my brother and have a discussion about. Just I mean, like, they show a lot the, of agrarian, the like they farm and they have livestock and whatnot. Yeah, because it just seems like a lot of hobbits' life is just sitting around. So I'm just like out, eating delicious food. Every time there's a birthday party, you go and you get a gift because that's how birthdays work in, in the Shire. Is that Yeah, you don't get that, gifts. The person hosting the party gives, gives gifts. gifts. So you get some, you get to watch there's some, birthdays all the time. You're getting presents all day. Bomb-ass Gandalf fireworks. Um, 
Sounds delightful. You just have to deal with some orcs every once in a while. And, you know, um, the whole sacking of the Shire that we didn't see in the movies. But that was only the one time. Yeah, just that one time. Uh, we <laughs> Millions died, but it's one time. Some great episodes coming down the line. I have been trying to see all of the films that are nominated for Best Picture. I'm trying to find the time. I think I only need to see... I need to set aside the, like, entire fucking day to watch The Irishman. Yeah, and I need to go dense. see 1917... And I think the only one I'm not going to be able to go see is Ford versus Ferrari. Yeah, because that's not getting a re-release to my knowledge. Um, so I'm trying to see all of those. Um, I even saw one that I thought was going to get nominated for Best Picture or something or nominated for anything at all, which it wasn't, was uh, Uncut Gems. Yeah, they got, they got gypped. I, oh, I need to go see Little Women... The Irishman, 1917, and Jojo Rabbit. I need to see Jojo Rabbit for sure. And I need to see Parasite. Um, so we're going to be talking about those. We'll probably do like an Oscar-centric episode. Yeah. And I've got some some plans in the pipeline that may or may not come to fruition for an Oscar episode. But we'll just have to see. Um, until then, just know that that's coming. We'll have, we'll have an episode about 1917. We'll have an episode about Parasite maybe. We should have an episode about Parasite. I know that you want to have Though, an I don't know. Like, what can I say about that movie other than that it's amazing? That's all that you're allowed to say right now because I know nothing about that movie and I want to keep it that way. Uh, we, we, we might have JD on for the Oscar episode if we do like a full-on, like we're doing Oscar predictions episode. That, that, that's a possibility. We've got um, plans in the pipeline to do a, a movie discourse episode. We talked about that during uh, our Rise of Skywalker coverage. So be looking for a lot of stuff coming down the pipeline. Um, until then, you can find us on social media. Uh, tweet the answer to your question that I asked a little bit ago, at Starwipe Lounge. Use the hashtag Starwipe Lounge so it's a little bit easier to find. Or you can get a hold of us individually. I am at Bender Waffles, and Owen here is at Owen Scott underscore P. We are that on both uh, Twitter and Instagram Go go check out Owen's Instagram because I have a feeling that it's about to become some like real fire shit here in a little bit. So I'm like, gonna, I I gotta I gotta post every single day, man. So like jump on jump on Owen's Instagram and uh, slide into his DMs, um, or just follow him. Maybe just follow him. Well, it's funny that like, you know the phrase "slide into DMs" always has like a weird like sexual connotation when it's just like if you just want to like say hey. That I mean, works too. I think I think there's a difference between just saying hey. And sliding into someone's DMs. Like there's like there's sending them a direct message. And then there's sliding into the DMs. Like send him a direct message. Maybe don't slide into his DMs. He's a taken man. Uh, but I don't know. Shoot your shot. Like do whatever you want to do. Uh, but anyways, uh, check us out. We'll be back very shortly. We've got episodes coming. So it should be not as long of a wait. So uh, look for that. And until then, I... Uh, Hope you have a hope you have a good time. Catch you on the on the other flip side. Why don't you why don't you why don't you toss a follow to your podcast? Mm-hmm.